What a night. What a time to, again, pause a little bit of the, of the chaos and, and think about the Christmas season and, and the gift. I know some of you, the kids have maybe already opened the gift in the seat. Don't open it yet if you can contain yourself. Um, but uh, I don't know about your kids, but our kids are already asking, can I open up an early gift? How many of y'all face that, that question? Well, you can tell them the church gave you an early gift tonight to open, all right? And they get to open it tonight. And so, But not yet, not yet. Hang on to that for just a second. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But we've been talking for several weeks now. I know we got family in from out of town and, and, and all, but we've been talking here just about gifts and the whole idea of giving gifts. And we all get into that and we enjoy that at different levels and degrees and commitments and all that kind of stuff and financial commitments. But we've been talking not about the gifts. We've been talking about the gift and the gift in Christ and how that so much compares uh, in, some, in some ways to the gifts of our world. Now, not in every way, not in every way. In fact, I want to I maybe limit it to a few ways. And these, these ways that we've been talking about are really critical to understand because we have been, there's a, there's a parallel. Because when we go out and we look for gifts, we look for gifts that fit. We look for that gift that fits that person that you love. Size, shape, you know, their likes, their interests. You're looking for that, that, that gift. Well, Jesus is a gift for us that fits us at the point of our greatest need. We spent the first Sunday after Thanksgiving talking about that and how we all have needs. We don't even see those needs sometimes. We have to go deeper into our hearts and our souls to really understand that maybe I'm not as wealthy as I think I am. I'm taking all this play money called called U.S. Treasury notes that sometimes goes up and down and all that kind of, and we try to make ourselves rich with that, and really we're impoverished in our soul. And so we've tried to ask you to think deeper and look into your hearts a little deeper than just the surface level paycheck for are you, are you really there? Blindness. We talked about blindness, that, God, that Jesus came to restore the blind. It's all a part of this fitting at our needs and finding our needs. And the thing is, is that many in this room maybe don't see themselves as blind or you're not physically blind. But are you spiritually blind? I just want to say that Jesus Christ came to meet us at the point of our greatest need. And that's how I know He fits. He fits right where we're at. Also, we talked about how there's this cost factor, that every gift has a cost to it. And Jesus played this phenomenal cost whenever He came and He gave and He gave to the point of death, even death on a cross. A most gruesome, unfathomable kind of death. And he overcame that death so that we could overcome death and ultimate judgment. We talked about the cost that he paid. Peter Larson said it like this, Despite our efforts to keep him out, him being Jesus, God intrudes the life of Jesus bracketed by two impossibilities, a virgin womb and an empty tomb. Jesus entered our world through a door marked no entrance, and he left through a door marked no exit. That Jesus Christ overcame hurdles. Satan was trying to do everything he could to keep God out, but God overcame it all. And he paid a great price, the meaningful element of Christ's gift. And that Jesus Christ is a meaningful gift. Now, hopefully, kids uh, that are in this room today, you're going to get some gifts tomorrow. You're going to get everything you want. But I certainly hope that there's something in there in that pile of plastic and synthetics, I hope there's something of great meaning. And you may not understand what that meaningful gift looks like right now, but I would hope in time you would learn to appreciate the meaningful message that maybe is tied to that and that Jesus Christ came and He brought meaning, substance, 
All these messages are online if you wanted to revisit them. But the substance that he brings and the mission that he gives us, gives us a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It gives us a personal relationship with God so that we can worship him. That's what he brings into this equation. The last week we talked about the perfect element that Jesus Christ brings to us. That perfect gift, because nobody else could do it. But he came at a perfect time and he was a perfect atonement. He was, he was perfect in every sense of the word. And it was this perfect adoption that he brings us into his family. He, Jesus Christ, is the perfect gift. Not a perfect gift, but the perfect gift. Now my question to all of us today. What are you going to do with the gift? What are you going to do with that gift that's been given to you? And I, and I want to, to challenge us in, tonight to not just hear and retell the Christmas story. I want us to think about how we can be the Christmas story. How we can literally engage and, and transport ourselves. Because I do not believe that the Christmas story is simply for our consumption. But I believe it's for our distribution. That, that we aren't just merely to consume the Christmas story and all that, that comes with it and sit in this nice warm room tonight with lights and beautiful music and just consume it. But how can I, now think about this as we go to 2012, how can I literally for the next 365 days live the Christmas story? Live it out. Because I really think that ultimately that's what Jesus calls us to. Take your Bibles if you have them. Look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20 is is not exactly, again, the Christmas story. But the Christmas story only starts the story. In fact, I'll tell you this, the Christmas story doesn't even end with Jesus. It ends with you and me. The Christmas story ends with you and me because that same Jesus who came, sent from God, turns around and He tells you and me, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. In John chapter 20, and uh, down in verse uh, 21, if you'll find that with me, he said, well, even back in, in, in verse, uh, verse, uh, verse 18, it says, peace be with you. But in verse 20, he says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. His disciples were glad. They saw, and Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Even so, I'm sending you. There's a re-gifting element that goes on here. Now, how many of y'all know Seinfeld in the re-gifting episode? All right, raise your hand. All right, I love Seinfeld. I got all the seasons, all the episodes. All right, I even I even observed Festivus yesterday. It was Festivus Day yesterday, and only those who know Seinfeld know that. But but this re-gifting idea is that you take this gift that you don't want, you no longer want, and you re-gift it to someone. But I think what God is calling us to here, He said, listen. The Father has sent me, and in the same way the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. But you've got to understand the context of this, that this is not in Christmas Day, okay? This is after a gruesome death. This is after His resurrection. He is now appearing to His disciples. He said, listen, I have lived the Christmas story. I came for you. Now I want you to live the Christmas story. I want you to go for me. I want you to go. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. As the Father has gifted me, so I am gifting you into this world. But I want you to, again, understand what he said. He said, peace be with you. 
peace be with you. So what do we go when we go from here to there, when we go from you to you, when, when we go out into this world, wh- what do we go with? We go with the message that Jesus came with and he said, peace be with you, now I'm sending you into the world. Jesus was about peace. Jesus modeled peace. In fact, 700 years before he ever came, he was prophesied that he would bring peace. Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. The name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. What's the last phrase? Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ was the ultimate. He was the prince of peace. And he came to his disciples and he said, Now I'm giving you peace. And now I'm sending you with peace into this world. So when we talk about this Christmas season, we want peace on earth, goodwill to men. The Christmas phrase. You know, really what we need to say is God has sent peace to me so that I could take peace to the world. I'm the bearer of peace. Now, what is peace? For a simple definition, I think we have to understand peace is Peace is the absence of war, okay? That's probably the most simple definition. Now, I'm not just talking about any guns and blazing and bombs dropping kind of war. You know, there's war in our homes, there's war in our jobs, there's war in our hearts. And I think what we need to understand is our role of taking peace into this world and delivering that peace. And so, if you want to understand two ways that we can be the message of Christ and peace at Christmas, then you might just kind of jot these down on the back of your worship guide. One is to facilitate peace where there's war. Now I have to, I have to, I have to just understand. Peace is sweet. I love peace. Peace is great. How can I facilitate peace? So if you have your gift tonight, do this. All right. There's going to be three gifts in here. We're going to pull them all out at separate times. All right. Don't pull them all out at once. All right. Just one at a time. Peace is sweet. So open it up. And find the sweet element in there. Alright? Now let's just all get it out. That's this little red thing, okay? Get it on out. Close the box back up so nobody else can peek in. I want you to see what you got and they didn't get. Alright? Let's just all do it at one time. Let's open it up so we can make all the noise right now. Put it in your mouth. Suck on it. Because peace is sweet. I want to experience peace. I want this world to have peace. Now listen, Christ, the Prince of Peace, came to bring peace. He said, peace be with you. And then he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. So if Jesus came to bring peace, then I am the carrier of peace. And if I'm the carrier of peace, and he sent me the light with Jesus that was sent, then I need to take peace to the world. Now that's that's just a part of the Christian faith is that we are peacemakers, we are peacekeepers. We, we are going to have to work at this now. I know it, we're dealing with people, and people stink sometimes. But in Thessalonians, he said this, be at peace among yourselves. All right? That's a challenge for us, to be at peace. And if Paul is telling us to be at peace, then that must mean there's opportunity to be at war. But we, in this room, who are followers of Christ, need to understand that we are the peacemakers Romans chapter 12, verse 18, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. All right, would you read that one out loud with me? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. 
everything you can put in on the table, everything that you can do, everything that you can imagine, put it on there. Do everything in your power. Everything from denying yourself and saying, be the first to say, I'm sorry. You be the peacemaker. And one of the great things about being a peacemaker is it marks you. It marks you in a very special way. You be a peacemaker in the home, and you'll be the most cherished figure in the home. You be a peacemaker on the job, you'll never be fired. Because you're the one who's the glue who holds it together. Peacemakers also identified as sons of God in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Let's read it together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. It is literally a quality of a child of God is that they are peacemakers. Would you look in your world for just a moment? Nobody else is looking in your world right now, so you're looking in your world. And would you identify one Maybe two areas where there's not peace. Maybe it's with family that you're sitting on the same row with right now. Maybe it's people who you wouldn't even be in the same room with right now. But can you think of where there's war in your life and how you as a follower of Christ carrying the the peace of Christ can take peace into that war-torn zone and help bring peace? Be the peacemaker. Identify those areas. Where are they? It happened in December of 1914. I read this story, could not believe it. I had to do further research to verify. When German soldiers reportedly managed to sneak a piece of chocolate cake behind enemy lines to British soldiers. This is December 1914. Do your own research. World War I was going on. They sneaked this chocolate cake across enemy lines over to the enemy. They didn't know what to think about it, so they sent tobacco back. That's all they had, all right? They sent tobacco back. So you have these peace offerings. These troops are literally facing each other. And as they're facing each other, it's, De- it's December 24th and 25th, okay? They were making peace offerings to one another. And the story goes on that, that some of the soldiers stayed in the bunkers and some did not get out of the trenches. But at 7.30 that evening, the Germans began to sing the German-written song, Silent Night. And then from German to English and English to German, they began to sing in carols back, in, back and forth to one another. Until finally they laid down their arms and went out into the field and met each other. And this is a German soldier and a British soldier greeting one another smoking a cigarette together. In the midst of war, they found peace. How can I, how can you, how can we be the peacemakers in our world? That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus is sending us into the world. So think about it. How can you facilitate peace where there is no peace? Maybe... It's a piece of chocolate cake that will bring peace. Maybe you will be the one who will step across the line and take the initiative. That's what it means to be a peacemaker. Also, if you look here in this passage, we sow peace through sharing. 
We sow peace through sharing. Now, if you look at this passage that we just read there, it's pretty important to see that not only did Jesus say, as the Father has sent me, how did He come? He came to bring peace. So I'm sending you, but He turns right around behind that and He breathes into them something. Throw the verse up on the screen, guys. He breathed onto them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, the agent of peace. Turns right around after he says, listen, as the Father has sent me, he sent me to bring peace, so I'm sending you to take peace. And so as I'm sending you, how are you going to do that in this war-torn world? Because you're going to do it because the Spirit of God is inside of you. He shared. He gave. He sowed. He put something inside of every... God puts something, someone, excuse me, inside of every believer. And it's that agent of peace and that... Agent of peace is the Holy Spirit. Now we have to ask our question. If The question, if I was sent because Jesus was sent and He is sending me just as the Father has sent Him, so therefore, how do I go out sharing peace? How do I go out sowing peace into this world? I'm going to give you a couple of ways. You can create your own list. But I'm going to give you two ways tonight. Hopefully you'll take both of them. One, sow through financial gifts that enable others to give peace. Now this is not just some random thing out there. But God has set it up where there are people serving around the world that literally are depending on us in God-blessed America to do what they do. What if we understood our resources not just for our own self-indulgement. Remember, Christmas is not just for our own consumption. It's for our distribution. Okay, How can I take all of that I have and be a blessing to others. Literally using my resources. Now I can do it in a sparing kind of way and sow a little bit and I'll reap a little bit. That's what the verse says. Or I can sow a lot and I can reap a lot. See the the reality about the law of sowing, throwing out seed and reaping the harvest is it's not what you keep in the barn that multiplies. It's what you put in the ground. And if we would learn as followers of Jesus on the Jesus road, doing what Jesus did, living the way Jesus did. Now think about that one for a moment. Because he says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. If we would live on less and give away more, what would that mean? Let me just tell you. This, this year, as we've done for the past three years, we're collecting an offering at this evening service and tomorrow and so forth. But this is a special offering. This is a one-time offering that we only do at the Christmas time. And we're going to take one-third of that offering and we're going to give it to an orphanage in Zambia. We're going to take our resources and we're going to give it to those who can take peace to, a, to a children who have, listen, have seen nothing but war. They've lost a mother and a father. That's why they're in an orphanage. And this New Day orphanage, you, if you were here last week, you heard them let Tidwell speak. We could give enough tonight that we could literally buy them a bus. They're looking for a bus. We could give enough tonight to buy them a bus so the kids don't have to ride in the back of a pickup truck. Think about that. What if I could help sow peace into this world? A third of it will go to that. A third of it will go to domestic North American, uh, North, uh, Northwest Arkansas and ministries that we have going on around. This, this past a couple of weeks ago at the Boys and Girls Club in Rogers, we were able to 
serve 220 people a hot Christmas meal, give gifts to 215 children that night. 128 adults also took home gifts and blessing bags full of food they could feed their family tomorrow. How do we do that? Because our people give. Because Grace Point family gives. That's, how they, that's the only reason, that's the only way it's going to happen last year as well as this year. A third of it will go to support just our global development work and scholarship funds. Now let me just give you this real quickly. That last year we gave out $30,818 in scholarships. And this is what it did. It sent people, helped, helped send people around the world to 11 different global adventures. 64 covenant members went. 1,854 people heard the gospel. 52 people made professions of faith to follow Christ and to take the peaceful road. 237 Bible studies were conducted. 62 mentoring relationships were established. 23 people receiving pastoral training. 17 people were trained to start new churches. God did a great thing through your gifts. George Truett said it like this, Christ was born in the first century, yet He belongs in all centuries. He was born to a Jew, yet He belongs to all races. He was born in Bethlehem, yet He belongs to all countries. Open your box again. There's an envelope in there. You can use it or you can shove it back down in there. It's up to you. But anything you put in this envelope tonight will go to New Day Orphanage. We'll go to the local ministries that we have going on. Or we'll go to help send people around the world. One last way we sow. We sow through a life into other people. You keep your box open there for a moment. There's also a sheet of paper in there. I want you to pull it out and I want you to hold it. Different papers say different things. Mine says forgiveness. Some say hope. Some say love. I want you to think for just a moment. Get it out. Hold it in your hand something like this. I want you to just look at it and I want you to listen to my final words. Who in your world needs this from you? Think of the most unlikely individual. Think of the person that you would, mine says forgiveness, that you don't want to forgive. And then think of the calling that Jesus has placed on your life. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. How did He send us? He sent us to bring peace to the world. We can do it through giving. We can do it through our living. You know, I just I hope that you will think about how in your own life, in your own world, and the people in your own circles, I hope you'll think of someone you can give hope to. I hope you'll think of someone that you can give love to. And I hope it's not the person that is easiest to love, easiest to forgive. I hope it's the most unlikely person. And I hope that this Christmas season marks a new season of your life where you live the Christmas story. Would you bow your heads with me? Our ushers are going to come and we're going to prepare for our time of worship through giving.
This is where you can give anything at any time. And this is going to go to that Christmas offering fund that we talked about. But I also want you to think about in this moment how you can give yourself away. How you can give hope to somebody who is in depression. Hope to somebody who is in loneliness. How you can give love. How you can give forgiveness. I pray you'll give it away. Father God, we ask right now that in no small way would we take on the gift of Christmas, the gift of peace. And we would see this more than a, in Jesus and in a beautiful story of a baby laying in a manger. That was only the beginning of the story, that we get to write the rest of the story. We get to live the rest of the story. We get to give the rest of the story as we live out peace on earth, goodwill towards men. We bless you.